everyone, it's Maria here. And on behalf of Simon and I, I'd just like to thank you for checking out our podcast. Before we get into things, I just want to let you know that this is only part of our online mini service. To check out the full service and find out more about Everyone Church, head to our website at everyonechurch.com.au. Hope you can check it out and see the full service. But for now, let's get into the podcast. Over the first four weeks of our online mini services, when we launched them way back in the day, only a few months ago, before the days of lockdowns and all that kind of stuff, we shared about our four values, what we value at Everyone Church. And they are, we follow Jesus, we uh, lean into faith friendships, we engage in discipleship, and we live mission-minded. And you can catch all of those on our YouTube channel, on our podcast. But over the next few weeks, I really wanted to share around the value of we engage in discipleship and talk about discipleship and what it's about from a biblical perspective. And what is like what is discipleship? We hear it a lot in church circles. Well, that word is never actually used in the New Testament, which is okay because neither is the word Trinity, for example, and we all have a grasp of the Trinity. Um, but we can use the word discipleship in, in a few different ways in church life. Um, we can talk about discipleship groups or maybe someone who's mentoring me. Uh, we might say they're discipling me or I'm discipling someone else if I'm mentoring them. But discipleship, it really isn't a church program or a small group. Uh, It is an intentional journey. And what we're referring to at Everyone Church, when we say discipleship, we're talking about the journey toward spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity, which is where we get our series title, All Grown Up. We want to be spiritually mature. Uh, It's about your journey, um, your pursuit of spiritual maturity, not someone else's pursuit on your behalf. I'm talking to you. Yes, I'm looking right in the camera, talking to you. Uh, Not someone poking and prodding you. There is no church program or structure that can force you, right, to mature, and to grow, you need to decide to start that journey with God's help. Of course, we need him in every step of the way. And the journey towards spiritual maturity, the journey toward being all grown up in a spiritual sense. Now, what is spiritual maturity? Well, when we accept Jesus into our lives and he does the miraculous work of forgiveness and we are born again, okay, we begin the journey toward being with him in heaven and becoming like him on earth. It's all about Jesus. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The old life is gone. There is a beginning here. The new life has begun. And if there's a beginning, there is an end in sight. And that end is you becoming like Jesus and being with him forever in eternity. Salvation is not a tick box, okay? It is a process of transformation. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. 
And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So salvation is a one day thing that we will one day enter into heaven and eternity. But it is also an everyday thing. And discipleship is about the everyday stuff. It's about living for and like Jesus every day, day by day, not Sunday to Sunday or church conference to church conference or or hype moment to hype moment. No, no, no. Day by day, walking with him day by day. It's learning to think, feel, and act as a Christian, as Christ would. The old is gone. The new has come. Day by day, discipleship is the intentional journey toward spiritual maturity toward being all grown up. The end goal is that you would be like Jesus, uh, that you would mature into Christ-likeness. And that's an ongoing journey. Like my son, Roger, he has been walking for many months now, and he can do little jumps, little hops, and he can. Oh, he loves climbing up on the couch and jumping on the couch and being crazy and then jumping off the couch into mom or dad's arms and giving us a heart attack and all that kind of stuff. And that's okay. You know, like he's figuring out his walking. Like sometimes he'll stumble. Sometimes he'll get really excited and 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 trip over his feet or his shoes. It, it's okay because he's learning. He's learning, right? He's learning to find his feet. But if he was like 15 and he was learning to find his feet, we would be concerned as parents. We would be concerned about his development, about his maturity. And we all should be growing in our journey with Jesus. We should be. And if you're not, if you're years into your journey with the Lord and you're still finding your feet, well, there's an issue here. If you're constantly struggling with the basics, uh, Bible reading, prayer, doing life in community in, in a church context, uh, then we have an issue here, okay? A maturity issue. And the big question is, do you want to be like Jesus? Do you really want it? Do you want to be like him? Um, I know that seems like a simple question, but if we were to observe most Christians, it's like there's no evidence of that. There's no evidence. It's like the goal of being like Jesus is not even on the radar. Um, I mean, if Christ is God, then how he lived and how he asks us to live is the ultimate way to live. It's the foundation we should be building upon, the end goal. I'm not talking about sleeping in tents, wearing robes and sandals, uh, living like a traveler. <laughs> it's like some of you think, oh, I'm getting on eBay. I'm buying myself a, a good robe. No, no. Uh, I'm talking about morals and attitude and how we treat other people and how we respond. Obeying God. It's like we need to make a decision today that we want to live like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. And if we make that decision, it will lead to radical change in our everyday life. It will. It changes how you treat your wife. It changes how you treat your kids. It changes how you respond to your boss at work. It changes how you live. It doesn't just change what you do in church while you're in a service, while you're on an online chat. No, no, no. It changes what you do even when no one's looking because you know God sees that. Are you ready for that? This is what discipleship is all about, being all grown up in the Lord. And where does discipleship start? Well, it says, 
in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That's the Apostle Paul writing there. What are the results of your salvation? Growing more like Jesus, obeying God. And this is a work of God in us. It says there that he is giving you the power and the desire to do his will, to do what pleases him. And I believe discipleship starts first and foremost with me, with you, surrendering to God and his work in our lives, surrendering all areas of our life. Have you surrendered all areas of your life? It says that he is giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Discipleship is not about handing control of my life over to a person or a pastor. Uh, It's about giving control of my life over to God. Jesus, take the wheel. (laughs) Does God use people in my life to help me on the journey? Yes. Uh, We will talk about that in future weeks. Parents, mentors, pastors, teachers, yes and amen. But discipleship with the help of others is not a permission-based system. Okay, it is a pursuit based system. It's always about your pursuit of Jesus in your day to day life and your pursuit of growing in him. I have seen and I hate to say it, but I have seen some bad examples of people controlling others in the name of discipleship. Um, Leaders telling their disciples not to marry a certain person or not to take a certain job or to per, or to pursue them as a mentor, like, uh, like pursue me, like as if I'm Jesus or something. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I think we, we have to, okay? Because people have been hurt by that kind of stuff. It's unfortunate. It's sad. Sometimes mentoring can morph into heavy shepherding uh, if we don't instill good boundaries. Uh, and that's not what we're talking about here at Everyone Church. That's not the culture we want to have. Discipleship is not about giving a person the place of Jesus in my life. No, I've heard mentors quote 1 Corinthians 11, 1, where Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But the emphasis in how they live that out is me. Follow me, follow me, imitate me. But we forget what Paul says earlier in 1 Corinthians, where he says in verse 13 of chapter 1, was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. Discipleship is always about your pursuit of Jesus. And the best disciples always point you to Jesus. Okay, And that doesn't mean that we fall into this individualistic thinking where it's just me and Jesus, just me and Jesus, and I forget about everyone. No, no, no. God uses people around us. We're going to talk about that uh, next week or the week after. But it's not just about you following some mentor and them Uh, drawing you towards their personality and their leadership style. No. And if anyone does that in our church, you tell me and we'll have a good conversation about it (laughs) over coffee. Uh, Now, discipleship is about the intentional journey toward spiritual maturity. It's learning to think, feel, and act as a Christian, all grown up, as Christ would, day by day. 
Okay, so with that set as our foundation, let's move into our core scripture for today. I just wanted to lay that foundation so we can read this scripture in 2 Peter. It's in the notes section in the chat, or you can find it. We're reading from the New Living Translation, and obviously it'll be on the screen. But just a bit of background about what we're going to read, okay? This was written by Peter, who followed Jesus, like like literally in person, uh, who saw him crucified, saw him raised from the dead. Um, this book, uh, we believe, was written approximately AD 67, roughly three years after 1 Peter was written uh, to the same audience. We believe Peter was in Rome, um, and it was written to Christians spread throughout Asia Minor. And at this uh, point, letters from Paul were being circulated um, to churches, and there was this real circulation of teaching from the, the key apostles like Peter and Paul uh, going around. And a lot of these letters were addressing Gnostic heresy um, and other types of heresy in the church, which was which was stre- uh, spreading through Asia Minor. And Colossians, we studied Colossians uh, a couple of months ago, really addressed this as well, because um, there was a lot of Greek philosophical influences happening in that area. So the early Christian church in Asia Minor um, had some serious trials going on. So not only did they have division, uh, because we had Jews and, and Gentiles and Greek philosophy, uh, they also had persecution and like really heavy persecution. Like not just like, um, oh, I've got to scan in a QR code persecution. No, no, no. Like, like legitimately, like we're going to boil you kind of persecution. And the focus of 1 Peter uh, was largely, which is the book before 2 Peter, uh, was largely uh, to encourage Christians who were being persecuted. Okay, it was about trials on the outside. But the focus of 2 Peter is more around trials on the inside. It's about Christian maturity and warning about false teachers. And Peter knows that his days are numbered. And we know that he was martyred not long after he written 2 Peter uh, during the reign of Nero. Okay, and that's why I love these, these verses because there's so much weight to them. It's almost like Peter saying, hey, I need people to know this because I know my days are numbered. I need you to know this, okay? And so let's start in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Okay, it says this, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Okay, so let's pause for a second and summarize. So through Christ, we have all we need. Uh, Through Christ, we have his promises of the Holy Spirit, provision, his word, heaven. And the world is corrupted because of sinful human desires. But we can share in God's divine nature and escape that corruption, not be corrupted. Even though we're in the world, we're not of the world. I love the way the new Bible commentary um, talks about this passage of scripture, which is one of my favorite commentaries. I use it a lot. So check it out, new Bible commentary. Let me know if you want me to send you a link of where to get it. But it says this, progress in the Christian life is made possible and practical by two factors the power of God, and the promises of God. God makes known his calling to the person who responds to Jesus Christ. In knowing him, 
believers have freely at their disposal all the resources necessary to enable them to work out the process of sanctification, growing into the likeness of Jesus. These resources are assured to us by the very promises of God. So you have all you need to mature. Uh, You have all you need to be sanctified. That means to be like Jesus, to be set apart, to be like him. Uh, God has provided you the equipment and the empowerment for your journey toward being all grown up, being mature in him. Uh, It's like if we were to climb a mountain, okay? We want to make sure we have all the equipment needed to make the summit. There's no sense getting all the way up there and, oh man, I've run out of rope or I've You know, I didn't bring a pickaxe or something. No, no. We have all the equipment we need to climb the mountain of maturity. And you have it today. You can do it. You can do it. All right. Let's continue. It says in 2 Peter, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Okay, let's pause again. So we are to respond to God's promises. Okay. Okay, and how do we do that? It says to supplement your faith. Well, aren't we saved by faith alone? Yes, yes. Well, we are saved by faith. Absolutely. Faith in the name of Jesus and, and, and in his power, of course, saved by But we are sanctified with supplements. Okay? We are moving toward maturity, toward being like Jesus with things that help our faith. Okay? That the Greek word there for supplement, which I'm not going to try and say. Let's put it on papyrus. It's right there. And that word literally means to supply, to furnish, to present. And this is such a great picture of spiritual maturity. Oh, man. Because by faith, it's like you, you, you're made into a new creation. You're given a new faith house. Let's call it your faith house. And your inner man is new. You're a new creation. And now it's up to us to furnish that house, to fill it to add to it, to supplement it, right? Uh, Like when Maria and I moved into our house five, six years ago when we built our our new house, uh, one of the first things we did was a good old Ikea trip, right? And I'm still recovering from the post-traumatic stress of putting together all those things. Now, and what should the furniture look like in your faith house? Well, it says right there, we should have moral excellence, Thought in thought, feeling, and action. We should have knowledge. We should have self-control. We should have patient endurance. We should have godliness. We should have brotherly affection. That's community, right? We should have love for everyone. What is furnishing your faith house today? Your inner man. Because uh, the challenge with what Peter is saying is many of us don't have moral excellence. Uh, we have moral duplicity and moral failure, and not living by God's standards. No, we live by the world's, right? Uh, Most of us don't have knowledge, like real knowledge. We have Google and a pastor we can call. Uh, Most of us don't have self-control. We have reaction to everything. Uh, Most of us don't have patient endurance. We have impatient quitting. 
<laughs> uh, most of us don't have godliness. We have wickedness and worldliness. Uh, most of us don't have brotherly affection. We have brotherly avoidance uh, and division and reasons not to be involved as opposed to reasons to be involved. Love, uh, a lot of us don't have love for everyone. We only have love for those we agree with. Okay, or those who like enough of our posts on Instagram or Facebook, right? That, uh, so when I look around my life, inwardly, outwardly, do I see evidence of Christ-centeredness? See, this is, the, this is the pursuit of spiritual maturity, the journey of discipleship. Uh, whoever thought interior design could be so spiritual, <laughs> Some of you are thinking about Ikea right now. Come on, get back on track. Uh, what is furnishing your faith house, your inner man? It's like those Christian households that have those like, you know, kurong plaques all around the place. You know, this is the Lord's house. We will serve the Lord. <laughs> so let's continue in uh, verse eight. It says this, the more you grow like this, okay, and what we were just talking about, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here, Peter outlines why it is so important for us to mature. Well, it says we'll become productive and fruitful and useful, and we won't fall away. Um, we'll make it until we enter God's eternal kingdom. Now, you may subscribe to a once saved, always saved uh, theology, and that's all cool. Like I'm not going to uh, argue with it, but there is something to be said here about these types of warnings. Uh, they are there for good reason, to wake us up a bit, to keep us focused. Do these things, and you will never fall away. And in many ways, we pursue maturity, uh, not out of fear of what God will do to us, but more so out of concern of what God won't do through us. Okay, it says there that you will become useful and productive. So if we don't mature, we we don't become useful and productive. Say, so I'm not I'm not um, pursuing maturity because I'm scared I'm going to lose my salvation or, or 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 something. No, no, I'm I'm pursuing maturity because I want God to do something through my life for His glory. Okay, it's not about fearing what God will do to me. It's about being concerned about what God won't be able to do through me if I don't mature. Okay, Discipleship is the intentional journey towards spiritual maturity. Uh, we don't stumble upon maturity. Uh, patient endurance and brotherly love don't just show up in my inner world. Uh, we grow intentionally. And he gives us the, the desire and the power to do so. Right? It's, it's, our goal is to grow. Right? It is learning to think, feel, and act as Christ would, so that we may be productive and useful and lasting. So what is discipleship? The pursuit of spiritual maturity. What is spiritual maturity? To be Christ-like in my everyday life. And where does discipleship start? It starts with surrender, 
and supplementing my faith with Christ-like action. Okay, so next week we're going to dive into how does that actually work in our day-to-day lives. Um, it doesn't. Do we just sit there and, I'm, you know, I I have more patient endurance. I have more patient endurance. It's like no, no, no. God makes use of people around me. Okay, and all sorts of stuff. Okay, so we'll talk about that. But what does your faith house look like today? Better yet, do you have one? Have you allowed Jesus to make you a new creation? And all this talk about discipleship and spiritual maturity is useless unless you are born again. Okay, we're not just here for uh, making, you know, like self-improvement strategies. No, no, no. We are here for life transformation to follow Jesus. Okay, and unless the old is gone, the new will not mature in us. Do you need to accept Jesus today? Do you need to make a decision to follow him? And if you do, uh, you know, contact us. Let us know. Maybe your first step towards spiritual maturity is actually starting the journey today. Head to our website, fill out a quick form. We would love to get in contact with you. If you're in our area, we'd love to get a coffee. I'd love to pray with you. If you need someone to pray with you to start your journey with Christ or get your life right with God, I'd love to do that. Maria would love to do that. Um, Or if you're out of the area, we'd love to help you find a local church that can help you on that journey. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for everyone, church. And Lord, we want to mature. We want to be useful and productive. Uh, And Lord, we want to live for your glory. We want to live for you when people see and when people don't see because you see everything. And we start today. We start right in this moment with surrender. Lord, we surrender. We surrender to you. We surrender our will, our ways to you today. And we ask that you would give us fresh desire, fresh power. Holy Spirit, would you pour out fresh oil on your people today as they make a decision to pursue you in spiritual maturity. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll have an amazing week this week, everyone, church, and let's uh, start this journey of supplementing our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.